Make your plans now to join us for the G3 National Conference, September 30th through October 2nd, as we'll gather for Christian fellowship and the worship of God through song and the preached word. Our theme for the 2021 conference will be centered on biblical Christology. You can find registration details at g3men.org. Get 15% off by mentioning code G3BAR. That's G3BAR. Hey, what's up, Bar listeners? Before we get into this episode, want to let you know that today's show is brought to you by AGTV. That's right. The people that made the American Gospel documentary has come up with a streaming service app. It's pretty much like Netflix for solid biblical content. Go to watch AGTV. Use the code BAR, the number one, to get 10% off the monthly rate. AGTV is so awesome. They also have our very own Just Thinking podcast on there. So you want to make sure you go to watchagtv.com. Use the code BAR, the number one, for 10% off. To the bar, come on and pull up a seat and open up your Bible. What a wonderful feast! The living bread, and we're discussing what it means for the streets, the inner cities, and the burbs, and every person we meet. This is where we challenge worldviews that we hear from world news. In light of the scripture, we are here to serve you. We're your source for resources to help you on your way as you battle mean forces. This is for the people who can see the importance of sound theology and the scripture that support it. And this is for the truth lovers, biblically reforming, preaching Christ to the nations. Yeah, welcome to the the Reformation, yeah. The bar, biblical and reformed. Welcome everybody to the bar. It's your boy Dwayne in the building. Right back in here, another Tuesday. Super excited, like always, to bring you these exciting guests. And this is one of the episodes that you guys always love every time I do it. And uh, I actually, I, I hopefully I'll be able to do a little bit more, but we have a local pastor spotlight. Yes, one of your favorite aspects of the bar is the local pastor spotlight. And this young man that we have on today, uh, I'm excited about because I pretty much put a, a call out on Twitter and was like, hey, who should be my next guest? And um, had several people uh, mention this guy and, and we were able to get him on and I'm super excited. So I bring to the microphone none other than Jeff. How are you, sir? Uh, doing great, man. It's great to Great to be with you. Good stuff, man. So, Jeff, right here, man, like always at the bar, my people know what I'm going to say next. i like for you to introduce yourself. Uh, tell whatever you want to share, whether it's personal, professional, but take a few moments to kind of tell the people who you are and, and what you got going on. Yeah, so I'm Jeff Metters, and I am the lead pastor of Redeemer Church in Tomball, Texas. And Tomball is a suburb of the greater Houston area. So I'm northwest of Houston. And so being in Houston, that also means I am a fan of the best team in basketball right now, <laughs> the NBA. So it's good to be a Rockets fan again. Are, are you an NBA fan, Dwayne? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love the NBA. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Who's your team? Well, you know, I, I go with players in the NBA, you know. I, so I'm I'm between, you know, the Cavs and, and then, you know, Kyrie got hurt. So I was kind of – I'm an East Coast guy for sure. I mean, okay. I definitely definitely love James Harden, by the way. That's that's my dude. Oh. Yeah, yeah, you sure. got to, man. He's, he's been <laughs> to you, so that's going to be great. 
I and today's unusual. I'm, I'm usually wearing Hardens every day to, oh, uh, to nice. the office, and uh, since it's raining, so I, I didn't I didn't rock my Hardens today. <laughs> but yeah, so here in Houston, and I've been a uh, our church is a part of Acts 29, and we planted it about just about 10 years ago, and it's been a real joy to to be a part of Acts 29. Uh, we're a a diverse global family of church planting churches, um, almost 700 churches on all, all around the world. I think on any given Sunday, it's something like 23 different languages um, are, are being held. Nice. Excellent services are being held in 23 different languages. So, I mean, just an amazing uh, network to be a part of. And so love it. And we've planted a church uh, up in Conroe, which is just north of us, about 30 to 40 minutes. And we've got uh, guys in a church planting residency here now uh, being trained and equipped to go out and plant more churches and so so i'm not just a pastor and i'm also a writer um my first book gospel forms came out in 2014 and that book is all about living a grace addicted truth-filled and jesus exalting life and kind of looking at how the gospel shapes our worship and our identity our community and our mission so it's written in kind of a devotional style where you could read a chapter a day and just kind of see how how the gospel connects to all those areas of life. And so it was a blast to write that book. Jared Wilson wrote the foreword and uh, just a really, really fun project. My second one is called Rooted. It's a theology for growing Christians. It's a very small um, intro, to, intro to theology, where maybe people don't want to dive in and tackle Wayne Grudem or tackle John Frame, or they don't mm-hmm. want to dive right in and, and tackle uh, Bob Inc. and his Reformed Dogmatics. You, you can dive into Rooted, super small, um, very accessible, and I've heard it's being used to train elders and deacons and other churches. Um, it's kind of like a primer, and nice. also being used in like high school classrooms. And so it has just a great uh, multi-purpose use. And so you can check that out. And they're all on Amazon. And uh, and I've got another book coming out, and I'm writing it right now in the spring of 2019 called Humble Calvinism, and that's with the Good Book Company. So really excited uh, about those projects coming out. Awesome, man. Awesome. Sound like some really good books. You know, I didn't tell you before we started recording, but all my guests have to send me free copies. I'm just kidding. Oh, just kidding. man. <laughs> <laughs> just I'll, 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 see, I'll see what we can do, man. Okay. All right. All right. I just I just made that up on the spot, just so you know. My listeners hey, are like, I've good, never heard that. Good idea. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no, really, though, that those sound like some really good uh, titles. Uh, I mean, definitely got my attention. And we'll definitely have links in the, the, the show notes uh, for the Amazon links and we are affiliates of Amazon. So when you click on the show notes to buy uh, a Jeff's book, you're also blessing the bar because we get a little something for putting it out there. So make sure you guys do that. So Jeff, let's jump right in with, uh, I guess, kind of some questions or some flow of this conversation. Um, like I told you, man, you're the local pastor spotlight and I have a lot of local pastors that listen. Let's take you back 10 years ago. Uh, yeah. you know, what, what I call plant life, man, when you, uh, first, started uh the plant process man what what were some of the the initial challenges that you faced and and how did you i guess maneuver with those challenges and then uh on the flip side what were some of like the instant gratification incidents you know just kind of give me two sides of, of of the coin when it comes to planting yeah well i can um i can almost guarantee right now that our church's planting story is the craziest, <laughs> most insane, unbelievable 
testimony just to God's mercy. Um, and here's why. So people are like, oh, what is he talking about? So here, here we go. So me and two of the guys were actually on staff at another church in our city. And I'd been working there for maybe a year. And it came out that the elders of the church had lied about losing $300,000 of the church's money mm. in, a, in a Ponzi scheme. It was basically like somebody approached them with an email from a Nigerian prince. Oh, and <laughs> they thought they were going to get $10 million. And it was a mess. So it comes out and kills the church, destroys mm. it. Mm. And so in the rubble of all of that, uh, myself, um, the, the student minister at the time, and the worship pastor, uh, we all kind of got together and was like, okay, what are we, we going to do? I mean, we were all like-minded guys, all all reformed. We were the only reformed guys there on staff. And how we all ended up at this church, it was a very seeker-driven church. Um, it was just mm. bizarre that we were all working there and all just kind of landed there. Um, we just got together and said, you know, let's just meet this Sunday and just see what God does. Let's pray. So we met, and like 40 people came, people from the old church, and some they brought friends, like new people. And so we just said, hey, we're just going to mm. sing some hymns. And we're just going to read the book of Joel. That's it. And I don't even know why we read the book of Joel. <laughs> I have no idea why we started to write a prophecy, but we did. And that was it. We said, hey, we don't know what we're going to do, but maybe we'll meet next week. I, I don't know. And we did. And then, like, almost 80 people were there. And new wow. people are bringing friends. And, like, okay, I think – it seems like God is starting a church without us. We, we, we need to catch up to him. <laughs> so we started Googling, you know, how do you start a church? Mm. I'd never heard of church planning, didn't hear it. So then I found out about Acts 29, uh, found out about Ad Stetzer and his book, you know, Planting Missional Churches and just all this stuff. So we started getting everything together that we could. And I was going to, I graduated from a small Bible college here in Houston. And so I told one of my professors what happened. And he was, you know, so angry about the situation he said i'm going to come and help you guys get this church started i'm going to come and preach on sundays you know mm. you want me to help we said please so he came and he preached for about nine months um then he had to go and then we started just a a rotation of preachers about six of us guys on this temporary leadership team and and some guys like myself and the worship leader and the student minister so we were all preaching and sharing the load which ended up being a disaster <laughs> uh, too, many, too many voices, um, mm -hmm. too much, you know, spread out authority. Um, and really what was happening is we created that church culture that we see in the letters to the Corinthians, the I'm of Paul, I'm of Apollos, I'm of Cephas. Um, you know, so we had guys like, hey, I don't like what Jeff says. Who cares? I don't have to hear him for another five weeks. I can listen to, you know, I like when Kevin preaches or I like when this guy preaches. Um, and it was just a mess, but God was blessing. I mean, the church was growing, uh, people were getting saved, uh, marriages were being reconciled, people were being baptized. I mean, it's an unbelievable, a really unbelievable time. But then about as two years into that, um, all that buzz started waning and mm. the freshness of like this, Hey, this new exciting, like gathering, um, had faded. It was like the great theologian B.B. King says. I mean, the thrill is gone. It was <laughs> gone. And people started leaving. Uh, people on this temporary, so we didn't have elders. Um, we had staff members, and that was it. But 
this temporary leadership team that we had was kind of, it was just a leadership body. There was no theological unity. Um, some guys were, you know, wanted elders. Some guys didn't. Some guys wanted church membership. Some guys didn't. Some guys were reformed. Some guys were not. So there was no theological unity. There was no philosophical unity. How are we actually going to operate as a church? What is our ministry going to look like? And there was no relational unity. Um, guys didn't really like each other, know each other, um, care to to really like love one another and serve one another. And so all those categories together, the church just started dying. Um, people started leaving, and it really got to the point where it said, we either need to shut this down or we need to hire somebody to be the lead pastor. Does anybody in this room want to be the lead pastor, want to talk about it? And I raised my hand, and everybody laughed. Oh, wow. Because I was 25 at this point, and the church was probably about like 200 people, um, but no one else wanted the job. And so they interviewed and pursued all kinds of other people, but no one else wanted it. And so I was the only one sitting in the corner there, twiddling my thumbs, just waiting for a call to, to come off the bench. And so I did, and the Lord installed me and put me there and immediately uh, a lot of people left half about half the church wow. left it was a super encouraging season um <laughs> i mean i get why people left i mean they had a lot of them had been married longer than i had been alive i was 25 years old um not a lot of experience um but god really he brought us through that season and it was uh, as painful as it was relationally and, and on the finances of the church. Are we going to make it? Um, and we, we're here today, a strong, healthy, uh, vibrant uh, church with a great gospel culture that loves one another and is on mission and, and planting churches, um, stable with great pl- plurality of elders. Uh, so it's just been a wild ride over these. So I've been a lead pastor for eight years. The mm-hmm. church is 10 years old, but I became a lead pastor two years in. Um, it's just been, been a real blessing uh, to be a part of the church. Wow, that is definitely a interesting story. I won't say crazy, but <laughs> no, that's crazy, man. <laughs> wow, that is too cool, though. Uh, and and that's encouraging, man, for for some of these guys. Uh, you know, I found that um, you know, like I said, I got a lot of local guys listening, and and um, and and sometimes they think you have it bad, man. You could be, you could have been you sitting in the corner twitting your thumbs. Yeah, and... <laughs> yeah, yeah. You could be me. Don't you don't want to be me. <laughs> too cool man too cool so um let's talk about uh, uh the books man because i'm telling you, you you got me with the titles and the little brief intro um especially with the theology one man because uh you know like everybody you know everybody's not going to like i said tackle a gruton or or one of those big thick books man i guess let's talk about what inspired it and then, uh, you know, just kind of how you, you work through it as far as putting it together in the presentation. Right. Yeah, so so Rooted started out as a project by my friend Brandon Smith. And Brandon is, um, he works with the CSB and does a lot of the marketing and, and leadership and strategy there with, with Holman Bibles and Lifeway and there the Christian Standard Bible. And he approached me about this little book he was working on and I was like, hey, and we had worked on other stuff before, and he had edited some stuff for, for me, and he's just been a good friend. And today, I'm working on this book. Um, I was wondering if you'd like to come on, and we could co-author it together. I said, yeah, what's it about? I said, okay, man, I, I'd love to do it. And so that as we put the pieces together and looked at it, we just saw there was a good, a good space for a resource like this that's be a very simple, 
um, readable and non-compromising and strong book on theology. Because I think most people and most, especially a lot of men, they don't read books, especially big books. Um, right. And so to, to write a very short and condensed, um, to the point, not not fighting a lot of battles, not a lot of, you know, um, arguments about different positions, whatever, but just presenting the truth and, and rejoicing over that truth and then moving on to the next one. So it, it has, you know, five chapters or four with the introduction, and the intro is, is why study theology. Why does it mm-hmm. matter? And, and the point is that, hey, we're every single one of us, we are theologians. We are either good ones or bad ones. And and so God wants us to be good ones. And theology right. simply means words about God. So and I'm so it, so we start talking about Job and his friends, where God says in Job forty two seven that he is angry with Job's friends because they did not speak of him rightly as they should have. And mm. so that is huge. Like God is basically saying, Hey, these guys had really bad theology. <laughs> and and their theology right. led, led to a really bad practice, led to really bad counseling, and led to really bad being a really bad friend. And so theology really does matter. It, it connects to all of the all of the avenues of our life. It's it's the practice of being in Christ. And what does it mean mm-hmm. to be in Christ? And how do we think in Christ? And so we so we move on from studying theology to the Trinity, to the God who is there. Um, I'm saying, so what does it mean for God to be Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? And for God not to be the Son, or for the Father not to be the Son, sorry, and for the Spirit not to be the Son, and the Son not to be the Father. So what are all these dynamics about the Trinity, and why does it matter to our, our daily Christian life? Right. And then we move from that to, to the Scriptures, and seeing our, our confidence and, and the power for the Christian life uh, there in the Word of God. To have confidence that when we read this book, we're not just reading some ancient, you know, dusty book, but we're reading a book of power, a book that is alive with the words and the, and the power of the Holy Spirit as we read it. And, and so to see the scriptures as something so different than just some ancient text, but really as being breathed out by God that's profitable for rebuke and correction and reproof and training and righteousness so that we could all be equipped to, to walk in God's will and to walk in in the power of Christ too. And then we move on to the gospel in chapter three about the story of redemption and, and seeing how, how pivotal a right understanding of sin is because if we don't understand sin, then we really don't understand grace. Mm-hmm. We have to, we have to call sin, sin. So grace can be grace. And so we go and look at substitutionary atonement and we go and, and look at the great mercy of God for us there in the cross and in Jesus's resurrection. Cause without the resurrection, we have nothing. And so often, and like pastors, I know, so for my fellow pastors out there, when you do, when you do membership classes at your church, I'll just give you one like fun thing you could do. And this is what we do in, in our membership classes. We um, talk about the gospel, of course, and we talk about, you know, elders and we talk about polity and theology and all, and all that great stuff. But then at one point in the class, we pause and I say, okay, everybody, Take, turn to the turn to the uh, blank sheet of paper in the back of your book, and I want you to write down a definition of the gospel. And I want you to write down a definition of the gospel that is enough for an unbeliever to get saved, and also enough to where a believer could be encouraged. So write down a definition of the gospel, 
open Bible, open Bible, do whatever you, you, know, you, <laughs> um, you can even talk to each other. You can cheat off each other, copy off each other, do what you must do. But you you know do it now and then we play the Jeopardy music is playing in the background doo, 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 doo. <laughs> and they they write it down and then when they finish I go okay anybody want to read their definition um, for for everybody else and I tell them hey I know you heard in school there are no dumb answers I want to tell you now there are dumb answers and that when it comes to the gospel you can be wrong and you can be foolish in the way you talk about it so. Know that that if you give a wrong definition, I'm around to correct you because this is the most precious truth in the universe. Mm-hmm. And so people give their definitions as you know God's love story to redeem mankind. Period. I'm like okay, thank you for that. And then if someone else goes, oh, uh, you know, it's the the great story of God, sin, man, and redemption. And if we believe, we're saved. I'm like okay, thank you. And other people go, this is almost every time. And I tell them, and some people get really close to like, hey. You know, Jesus, he died for our sins, and, and if we believe in him, we'll be saved. I go, thank you, thank you, that's so true. And I, you know, I hear other people's definitions. I go, okay, all right, guys, all your definitions included truth from the scriptures and had so much. However, no one mentioned the resurrection. Mm. So in all of your definitions of the gospel, Christ is still dead. Mm. And if Christ is still dead, then no one is saved then we are still in our sins. We are all people to be pitied. We should shut this down. We should close down the bar podcast and go to an actual bar and just live it up. <laughs> like, but Christ is risen. So, so it's been like thinking about the gospel and thinking about the resurrection because without the resurrection, there's no New Testament. Without the resurrection, there's no Apostle Paul. Without the resurrection, there's no Jeff and Dwayne talking uh, over here about the scriptures. Like, right. Because Jesus isn't risen. We would never hear of him. We wouldn't know his name. So the resurrection is pivotal. So we talk a lot about that there in, in Rooted. And then the last chapter is, is personally my favorite chapter, and it's on eschatology, um, living in the already and and not yet, uh, thinking about the church and eternity. But what we don't do in this chapter is we don't debate um, different you know views of eschatology, all-mill, pre-mill, post-mill, and there's no charts or anything like that. What we do is think about what will the new heavens and the new earth be like? Like, look forward to your reward. Look, what will the, the place that Jesus is preparing for you, what will that be like? And mm. let that motivate you today. Because I'm always surprised how often Paul uses proper eschatology to motivate people to follow Christ here and now. Like in 1 Corinthians 6, right? You have Christians arguing wanting to sue each other. And what does Paul do? Paul doesn't say, come on, guys, be nice to each other. Don't be jerks. Don't sue each other. That's not, that's not a Christianly thing to do. That's not what he does. Instead, he appeals to eschatology. Don't you guys know you're going to judge angels? Mm. That's good. Except if you can't, it, so it's like a totally different motivation. Um, and so often, you know, I just preached um, this past week from Galatians 6. Or Paul says, you know, don't go tired. Don't go tired of doing good for, for others. Why? Because in proper time, you will reap a harvest. So, like, look forward to the reward. Here we have no lasting city. We seek the city that is to come, whose architect and builder is, is God. So, I'm, so I think a proper understanding of eschatology, it doesn't arm us to argue with one another. It really it stirs our affections for what is to come. 
So, so, so rooted is a, is a very, um, simple, but, and basic, but I think heart stirring approach to, to thinking about theology. So yeah, definitely, um, check out rooted. And there's also some discussion questions in there at the end of each chapter, just easy stuff, but you could totally make your own and use them in a group setting or stuff like that. Nice. Nice. Yeah. That, that sounds awesome. Good stuff. And alone. And, and if you don't like, even if your listeners like, oh, I don't think I track with anything that he said there. Russell Moore wrote the foreword, and that alone is worth the price of the book. <laughs> I got you. I got you. That's cool. All right, man. Right here, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. The Men's Muster is a ministry aimed at equipping men to protect, provide, and preside to the glory of God in their homes, churches, and communities. The Men's Muster seeks to do this by providing Christ-centered, gospel-driven content in the form of podcasts, Bible studies, blog post articles, sermons, and many more. Please check us out at mensmuster.com and listen to our podcast available on all major platforms. Grace and peace. All right, we're back in here, local pastor spotlight with my main man, Jeff, all the way outside of Houston. What's the name of that town again, Jeff? Tomball. T-O-M-B-A-L-L. <laughs> Tom Ball. And All right. Actually, the city was actually founded by a guy named Thomas Ball. Oh, interesting. And so, Tom Ball. That's it. T-O-M-B-A-L-L. Yep. Nice. Yeah. Tom I'm Ball's from, great, man. Here's, where are you from? I'm from Turkey, North Carolina. And I just found out that originally it was called Springville until like a gang of turkeys came through the area and so they renamed wow. it turkey so i'm just glad like <laughs> it wasn't a gang of i don't know wart nope. i don't know <laughs> yeah right <laughs> man yeah. I, I love tomball it's a great great place and all kinds of cool people are in tomball so nice. i don't know if maybe you or your listeners know uh, about jimmy needham Yes, I do. He's a musician. Yeah, worship Mm -hmm. leader. um, Has also writes for Desiring God and Gospel Coalition. He's Mm -hmm. actually he's from Tomball. Um, Him and I have done ministry together here in in the city before. Um, Let's see, Lyle Lovett, the old uh, country music guy. He lives Mm -hmm. in Tomball. Um, Beth Moore, she's actually here. Um, I've seen her around town. Her offices are like ten minutes. From here, um, oh. the guy uh, Marcus Latrell, lone survivor guy. <laughs> um, he lives just like ten minutes, fifteen minutes from here. He was the marshal and from like Tom Ball parade that went on recently. Um, so Chris do you Paul, keep a do you he keep a the really close. <laughs> do you keep a running list of who's around so you could you know oh, name man. drop here and that? <laughs> oh, it's, it's so easy. There's so many great people live here. It's just I got you. Feared into your memory. So yeah. if, you, if your listeners are looking for a cool place to live, you want to move to Houston, you know, hey, Tomball. Tomball's a great um, place oh, to, to live. Okay. That's legit, man. <laughs> Too funny. So let's uh, let's switch it up right here, Jeff, man. I have what I call the bar signature questions, and these are three questions that I ask all my guests uh, pretty much at the flip side of the show. Uh, these three questions are kind of random but like i said if you listen to the bar you know what they are not sure if you have prepared but i'm gonna ask them anyway first question is what kind of music you listen to when nobody's around yeah when no one's around i listen to two things really well not three different genres first one i go to is 
um, all kinds of different like Christian hip hop. And so when I'm mm-hmm. driving or playing basketball, um, a lot of Lecrae, a lot of Triple E, a lot of Andy Mineo and Words Played. Um, um, oh gosh, some of those other guys' names I can't I can't remember right now. Uh, Swoop. I mean, there's all kinds of guys. So I have that going on. I listen to a lot of like movie soundtracks and classical music when I'm writing. And so I love to have movie soundtracks and, and other just uh, instrumental music like Explosions in the Sky and who else? Um, maybe Radiohead from time to time, okay. groups like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but also jazz. So I listen to a lot of jazz. Uh, Miles Davis and Coltrane. Nice. Um, and just the different jazz guys when I'm when I'm writing and working on projects. So yeah, and Jack White. That's kind of he has his new album just came out. So I love to listen to to Jack White too. Okay, legit man. That's a legit list. You be hooping, man. I heard you say when you play basketball, you be hooping. Oh yeah, absolutely, man. Oh okay. Totally. Let me find out. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I'm uh I'm not any good. I mean, I'm, a, <laughs> I'm an overweight five eight half Mexican half white guy who. It's a spot up shooter, so so that's my game. It hit me the open threes, you know. I got I'm you. to knock them down. There you Played go. Played in a league, a church league, a couple of years ago, and uh, I shot fifty percent from three that season. So, ah, nice. If, uh, yep. So if anybody's looking to add an out of shape <laughs> guy to their team, I'm ready. Nice. That's what's up, man. Yeah, I, I, I hoop a little bit, man. Um. Uh, not 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 like I used to be, uh, not as often as I used to either. I went out actually went out yesterday on a black top and and I'm sore today, so I have to pick my battles. <laughs> yeah, oh man, yeah, yes, yeah. Sir. I get the indoor now. I can't handle the black top. I feel you, man. I feel you. I definitely need to do that. All right, sir. The next signature bar question is: What book or books are you reading? Well, I'm reading uh, far too many right now. So I'm, I'm preaching through <laughs> preaching through Galatians right now, and so there are you know four commentaries that I'm reading every week, and and going through those. My favorite one, oh, favorite two, are the one by Christian, not Christian George, his Christian's dad, Timothy George, and his commentary on Galatians is just really great. And also Tim Keller's Galatians for You, um, John Stott, the message of Galatians, and also then the last one I've been reading is uh, from the oh, what series is this? This is the uh, Christ-centered exposition series put out by Holman, and this is the Galatians one with David Platt and Tony Merida, and so I've been been really enjoying that one. But other books I'm reading right now, um, a lot of stuff on Calvinism because because uh, of my book, mm-hmm. and so. But I just started uh, one that came out uh, on just on Spurgeon by Michael Reeves called Spurgeon and the Christian Life, Spurgeon on the Christian Life, and that's been just a really fun read. I love Spurgeon. And got a lot of Spurgeon stuff here in my library at home. So I love that. And also I'm still plowing through uh, this massive book called The Crucifixion, Understanding the Death of Jesus Christ by Fleming Rutledge. So, yeah, got a, got a, got a lot of reading going on. Too much, as always. I uh, got a lot of books half, half read. If you want to hear about all those, talk about it a I got you. That's cool, man. All right, sir. Last signature bar question is what podcasts or sermons do you listen to, if any? Yeah, well, I, I don't do a ton regularly. I mean, I, I've listened to yours from time to time. I just actually listened to uh, the one with uh, Burke Parsons. That was really great. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, the bar, drinking at the bar. 
Um, <laughs> and uh, I, actually, I actually have a podcast that I forgot to mention. Oh. It's called it's called Home Row. A it's a podcast with writers on writing, and so it's just all about writing. And so I've interviewed people like Jared Wilson, uh, Doug Wilson, Russell Moore, Don Whitney, um, Karen Swallow Pryor, Jen Wilkin, um, and we just talk about writing, and that's it. And their writing styles, um, and I, yeah, I give tips on writing and, and stuff like that too. Uh, so home row. Um, I, I listen to Knowing Faith. It's a podcast put out by The Village. And it's with hosted by Kyle Worley, JT English, and Jen Wilkin, where they talk about theology there. That's a great, great podcast. Uh, Word Matters uh, with my friend Brandon Smith and also Trevin Wax, where they talk about um, maybe like a controversial or misunderstood passage of Scripture and give different views that are held by people and, then, and share which view they hold. So I, I really like those shows. Um, and for sermons, um, and I listen to some basketball podcasts like The Starters, and mm-hmm. the Low Post by Zach Lowe. So those are my two like favorite basketball podcasts. And of course, Locked On Rockets. Uh, <laughs> Talking about my Rockets. And then I listen to for sermons. I really only listen to one guy, um, and it's Ray Orland. So I, mm-hmm. I love to listen to Emmanuel Nashville's uh, podcast feed in there with Ray Orland because he just preaches the gospel uh, powerfully, beautifully, and he loves his church. Um, and he's just been a good friend to me and to our church. And every time I'm around him or listen to him preach, I just walk away thinking Jesus is amazing. Mm. And I just feel the love of Christ more and more. So, yeah, so I love to listen to Ray preach. Awesome. It's a pretty strong list, man. Good stuff. I love it. Good stuff. Well, Jeff, man, I appreciate you taking time out to come on the bar. Um, and, uh, Glad we're able to make this this connection and everything. Make sure you give me all your your links to your books and to, to the podcast as well. I'm 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 a yeah. podcast head, so I I love <laughs> podcasts and I love uh, listening to new podcasts and I love promoting podcasts. I love helping people start podcasts. Like I'm legit in the world, man, and and definitely love yeah. it. Yeah, you're a pro, man. I'm an amateur. Yeah. You're the pro. <laughs> yeah we we just kicking the same can down the street man just trying to do our thing man but uh again man i want to thank you uh, i want to give you the, the floor right here to uh kind of address my listeners anything you want to tell them or say to them whether it's uh you know words of encouragement or if uh, any announcements you have going on uh i give you the floor to do that right here yeah so i would say to all the bar listeners out there to just stay connected to your local church, uh, mm-hmm. stay connected to your church family, um, stay there, be faithful, serve. Don't uh, don't wait for people to come up and greet you. Uh, you go up and greet them. Um, don't wait for your pastor to ask you to do something. Uh, you ask, hey, what can we do? Um, don't wait to one. Don't wonder if they need help in the nursery in the kids ministry. They do. So go ahead and unless you got leprosy or or you've got stuff in uh, your criminal history that you can't serve back there, go ahead and say, hey, I'd like to start serving to the kids. Um, they would love to love to have you. So, it's, yeah, that, that's always my encouragement is to nice. stay connected. You know, obey Hebrews 10. Uh, it says don't forsake the, the gathering of some are in the habit of doing. But keep meeting, keep encouraging one another all the more as we see the day drawing near. Did you see that? The two, like even the writer of Hebrews. He's encouraging, yep. hey, you should, you should keep meeting because um, the end is coming, because judgment day is coming. <laughs> yeah. Like, 
eschatology again. So yeah, right. stay, stay, stay there in the church. <laughs> I love it. I love it, man. Thanks, man. That 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 is really good. I can honestly say I I enjoyed it, man. Enjoyed the conversation. Um and, and definitely got me looking at eschatology different. I like that. I love that. Good stuff, man. So to my listeners, appreciate you guys checking out the bar another Tuesday, local pastor spotlight in the books. Uh make sure you guys go to the website, thebarpodcast.com. Also find us on Facebook, just search the bar podcast on Twitter at the bar underscore podcast. Same for Instagram at the bar underscore podcast. Make sure you check out the other shows on the network. Uh, we have just thinking with Daryl and Virgil Harris on the uh, Fridays. And then also on Thursdays, we have bars, biblical and reformed spitters with my man T Barlow, where we inter- interview uh, hip hop artists and, and people making moves on the art side of things. And then also Kaleoscope, the ladies uh, of Kaleoscope, Miss Lisa and uh, Miss Ariel bringing it from the women's perspective on social justice issues and things of that nature. Uh, Anything else, you guys? We out of here. God bless. See you next week. What's up, bar listeners? It's finally here. The bar exclusive content. Yes, that's right. You can sign up to receive exclusive content as low as $2 a week or $5 a month, $50 for the year to get exclusive content. What is the exclusive content? I'm glad you asked. The exclusive content is additional information from my guests, extra time with them in like the green moon setting, laid back, them asking me questions, I ask them questions, and also the Facebook group. You get an invitation to the Facebook group where we will have discount codes for the bar gear and many many more make sure you sign up the links in the show notes join the vip inside the bar group and we'll see you there